Check, check. Oh, that's better. Screaming at the sto- in the store at the top of his lungs that they didn't have his cheese. Have you been there? Please, if you've screamed in the store at the top of your lungs, come talk to me afterwards. Let's talk through this. Uh, but if maybe you've seen this, uh, I don't know about you, but I have seen it. Uh, but this guy was freaking out. And the, the store clerk said this, have you ever seen a man in his 60s have a full te- temper tantrum because you don't have the expensive imported cheese that he wants? Said employee Anna, who described the mood at the store in Minnesota as angry, confused, and fearful. And then she said this, you're looking at someone and thinking, I don't think this is about cheese, <laughs> Right? Like, I think there's more going on here than just we don't have the expensive cheese that he wants. And I think it's important as we walk into this new year to pay attention to what we're feeling, what we're thinking, and what emotions we are going through. Because it's often the emotions that we are feeling, the frustrations, the anger, the sadness, all those emotions are all things we need to feel and things we need to invite Jesus into. But they also operate as the warning uh, light on the dashboard, right? Like it's one thing to be frustrated and angry and, and annoyed when you haven't slept well for a night or two. Like that's normal. But it's another thing as this feeling, as these emotions build up to come to a place where you just come unhinged as some poor stranger at the store trying to do her best because they don't have the cheese in stock. And maybe for you, it's not the store. Maybe for you, it's at home. Or maybe for you, it's online, like your fingers get warmed up and you just can't stop typing and and some really dumb things come out of your mouth as you're trying to refute an argument or make somebody see the light online. Or maybe it's just all internal. Maybe those emotions pop up and you just stuff them down. It's really important to go, hey, I'm feeling this, I'm thinking this. Maybe it's a warning light on the dashboard that something isn't quite right. In my mind, in my heart, in my soul. Turn with me to Mark chapter 1. I'm going to talk this morning about a couple kind of popular verses that I like to go to on this day, on this Sunday, as we talk about 2022 and what does that look like. I don't know if you've thought about 2022. I don't know if you've thought about goals. I know for some of us, the holidays were busy and we get to this moment and we go, man, I haven't even thought about 2022. Or maybe you're somebody who's like, man, I don't think about this at all. It's just another year. We just keep going. Or, or maybe you're somebody who goes hard in the goals and you have everything outlined. You have everything bullet pointed. You have everything, like all these accountability partners in place. Like you've got the plan down that may or may not make it past February 15th. Wherever you are, I want to give us this morning a little chance to reflect and just be. So let's start with Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1 is Jesus' first like full day of ministry. 
And it is a full day of ministry. You can read through the chapter and see all that he's doing. First, uh, you have John the Baptist preparing the way. Jesus is baptized. Then he is tested. So this isn't like one day. This is months and months that, that are kind of being captured in this one chapter. You have Jesus coming, calling his first disciples. You have Jesus then starts to go around the community and starts to do all these uh, miracles. He's driving out demons. He's healing people. Like this is a hopping day of ministry. Something that any pastor would dream of is a normal day of ministry. And there's one thing I want to call your attention to. And it's chapter 1, verse 33. The whole town was gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had come with various diseases. He'd also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. So just picture this scene. Jesus is doing miracles in a town. Like, I think if we were in that town... We heard somebody healing people. We heard somebody casting out demons. Like people's lives were being changed like that. You and I would come running to the door. Or at least, at the very least, turn into the news station or check social media for what's going on. Right? Like we would, our attention would be there. We would want to get there. We'd want to see what's going on. And this was the scene is Jesus was healing all of these people. And driving out all these demons. And people were watching this take place place. Jesus was in high demand. And then the next day, he closes out his night of ministry. And then the next day, it says in verse um, 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a solitary place to pray. At the height of ministry, all these things going on, people standing outside, camping outside the house, wanting to get a piece of Jesus. Jesus gets up, sneaks out the back door, and goes and prays. For a while. He was probably gone for days, maybe weeks. And then, Simon and his companions went looking for Jesus. And when they found him, they said, hey, Jesus, I don't know if you know this, but everybody is looking for you. And then Jesus' reply is just classic. All right, time to go to another village. Let's go. Our work is done in this village. Now, there's all sorts of questions that we can ask around this story. There are all sorts of things that we could take from this story and bring into our own lives, like the importance of quiet time. Like Jesus wasn't getting his power from all the people around him, but he was getting his power from going off and praying and spending time with Jesus. Like we could talk about Sabbath. We could talk about all these things. But the thing that I find very interesting is Jesus understood his limitations. 
See, if you or I were in the same spot, we wouldn't leave, right? Like there's even a phrase in, in ministry, uh, go where the, the grass is watered, where the grass is growing. Go there and do ministry. Like if something is happening, if, if the momentum is swinging and all things are going up and to the right, you and I would struggle to leave and go pray for a while. And then you or I would certainly go back to the place where things were hopping and everybody wanted you to come back to, right? But Jesus, it is fascinating because Jesus doesn't get caught up in all of that. Like in Jesus, we find somebody who is operating on a different set of standards. We see Jesus, he's centered it's so easy to get lured from the, the popularity, from the need. Like we see that people need Jesus. They're calling out. They're wanting more of him. And he understands his limitations and says, no, that's enough. It's time to go somewhere else. Like he didn't get caught up in what people needed around him. He didn't get swayed by the expectations of others. He didn't do something because somebody else wanted him to. See, Jesus wasn't reactionary. In Jesus, we find somebody who is centered, who is grounded in his mission and in his relationship with his father. After this year, if you would reflect on your life, uh, and maybe more specifically on your emotions, because that is probably maybe more of a true indicator for where you are at. Those emotions that continually come up, that you feel. Where are you at? Like if you were to just take stock of, okay, this last year, there were some bad things, there were some good things, there were some struggles, there were some blessings, there were all these things that took place over the course of this year. Where are you at? Are you reactionary? Or are you centered and grounded in mission and in your relationship with Jesus? Turn with me to John 15. This is a verse that I typically come back to um, in the new year. Because I think this is something that on a yearly basis we need to be reminded of. John 15. Jesus is talking. And Jesus, he's reacting to something that happened in the Old Testament. So if you go to Ezekiel chapter 15 you will see this imagery used. And this imagery throughout the Old Testament was usually a judgment. So God in Ezekiel 15 is talking to the nation of Israel, and he's saying, you are a vine, but you are worthless. You are a vine that is not producing any fruit. Like, I'm just going to throw you away, toss you in the fire, because you are useless. See, the nation of Israel, in God's eyes, is supposed to be the reflection of him. 
It's the earthly reflection of who God is. And Israel, as we know through the Old Testament, struggled to live up to that. They continually fell in these patterns where they started chasing after something else other than God. They continually worshipped what is created rather than the creator. And we see these prophets come time and time again, try to call the nation of Israel back to Jesus being front and center. And so Ezekiel says, calls the nation of Israel and says, you're, you're, you're basically just a piece of wood that can be used to make some house decoration or be used for something around the house. I'm going to throw you in the fire because you are not doing what you were created to do. So that would have been playing in the background as Jesus said these words. John 15, 1. I am the true vine. Not Israel. I, Jesus, am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit He prunes, so it will bear even more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. What does that say about your New Year's resolutions or your goals this year? Jesus continues, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And then here comes the warning. The warning that goes all the way back to Ezekiel chapter 15. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, whatever you, at, whatever you wish and whatever, it will be done for you. This is to my Father's Glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So I ask the question, what's our primary goal as a Jesus follower? From these verses, like what's our job? Is it to go out and do all these amazing things in the name of Jesus? Is it to bear a ton of fruit? Is it to bear a certain kind of fruit in our lives? The answer to all of that is no. The job as we follow Jesus is to remain in him. And when we do that, he is in us. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Glory. 
So you may ask the next question, how do we remain in Jesus? This is an everyday thing, right? It's an everyday decision. It's, it's something that you will flake out on. You will fall down on. Like you will have this goal. Like you'll get to February 15th and be like, oh, I just can't read the Bible anymore. Like it's so boring. I, I made it to numbers and I can't make it any further. Like all these things will happen, but that is all part of the journey. The journey is that you come back and keep remaining in, abiding in the vine, which is Jesus. And it has to do with all of life, right? It has to do with our hobbies. It has to do with our money. It has to do with our jobs and how we work. It has to do with how we serve. It has to do with what we think about ourselves, what we think about others, what we think about just in our, as we daydream. It has to do with how we talk to ourselves and others. Everything is summed up in this abiding in Jesus. Remaining in Jesus. Sometimes I think we get the promises mixed up, right? We do a lot for Jesus. We serve him. We work in the church. We have awesome devotional times. Like we read through the Bible five times in a year. Like we do all these things. We give enough. We, we do all these things. And then that will produce the fruit in our lives. And Jesus goes, no, 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 no. You, you got it mixed up. So you have to be before you can do. You remain in him. You abide in him. And then Doing comes as an outflow, an overflow of what Jesus is doing in your life. See, behavioral modification isn't the goal. If I can just modify this behavior in this new year, my life would be better. It might be better, but it'll probably be short-lived. What you really need is to remain in and abide in in Jesus. And over time, I bet that behavior will slowly be transformed into something else. So a question, what are you connected to right now? What are you abiding in? What are you remaining in? And be honest, because for most of us, it's probably not Jesus. At least it's probably not Jesus all the time. What are you connected to? What are you abiding in? What uh, news source are you connected to? What ideology are you connected to? What political party are you connected to? What friend group are you connected to? What job are you connected to? What, uh, what's your family that you're connected to? What are your friendships? And then, how's yourself in all that? Like, what does that look like? Your connection to yourself. What does that look like? 
It's interesting, over the last couple of days, you see a lot of social media posts about 2020, about 2021, and now about 2022. And if you've sworn off social media, perfect. You're, you're amazing. Keep going on that. It probably will make your life better. But it's so interesting to see how people frame these things up. Right? 2020, horrible dumpster fire. 2021, we thought it was going to be better. We thought the pandemic was going to be over. Guess what? It wasn't any better. If anything, it was maybe a little worse. What's 2022 going to hold? And I would challenge you. Your outlook on the last couple years, your outlook what you're dreaming for, what you're hoping for. Maybe some of you are like, I don't even use those words hope anymore. What you're dreaming for, what you're hoping for in 2022 is directly connected to what you are abiding in. Because what you're abiding in determines your focus. What you're abiding in determines what you measure What you're abiding in determines how you will live and how you will think. So are you abiding in Jesus? I want to walk us through uh, this kind of diagnostic. I, I found it on uh, Instagram from uh, Pastor Rich Velotis. He's one of my distant mentors that he doesn't know he's mentoring. Uh, it's kind of creepy. Sorry. But he read this great post on uh, Instagram, and it was using the, the Lord's Prayer to reflect on this year, to reflect what, it, what is it that I'm abiding in, and, and what, what do I need to lean on, what do I need to focus on as we walk into this Next year. So I thought it would be fun to walk us through this and ask some questions. So if you want to take out a piece of paper, a note card, a pen, or take out uh, your notes on your phone, it might be helpful. Uh, I will read kind of a line from the Lord's Prayer and then I'll ask a question and then we'll have a little bit of silence for us to just think and for us to pray. Lord's Prayer, if you want to read through it with me, is found in Matthew. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 15. Our Father in heaven. The question, how can I grow in relationship to God with the intimacy of a father relationship? Hallowed be your name. In which areas am I 
called to reject the hollowing of my own name. Needing approval, recognition, unhealthy need to be seen as special or unique. Your kingdom come, your will be done. In which areas do I need to discern God's will? Where does God's kingdom need to show up in my life and in our world? And then how can I, how can you participate in it? Give us this day our daily bread. Where am I called to live with contentment? Where do I need God's provision this year? Forgive us our trespasses, our sins. What are the sins, the bad habits that you need forgiveness for? As we forgive those who sin against us, what relationships in your life are strained and need healing? What work of forgiveness do you need in this next year? Lead us not into evil. Deliver us from the evil one. Which areas in your life are you particularly vulnerable? Where do I need God's strong arm of deliverance? Amen. What, what do people say is the key to achieving your goals 
in the new year. One of the keys that people say is that you have accountability. That you have somebody that can check in. Uh, because if left to your own devices, you're, you're probably not going to stick with what you need to stick with. And so the last question is, who can journey with you? What other Jesus follower can journey with you? This next year. Like, who can you call and say, I'm struggling? Who can you text and say, pray for me? Who can you text and say, I need encouragement. I I need you to kick me in the shin so I can get going. I need to work this out with you. I need to go grab coffee or a beer and, and really talk through this struggle or talk through this thing. Who can you text to journey with you as a Jesus follower this next year? As the worship team comes up, we're going to sing a song and we're going to partake in communion this morning. So there's communion cups in the back if you miss them on the way in. And I want to encourage you, uh, if you need a screenshot of this, and I'll post it on social media and our Facebook and Instagram page, but I want to encourage you, like, don't leave this reflection time just here. Carve out some time this week and spend some time in prayer with Jesus, reflecting on some of these questions, reflecting on some of these passages. As you prepare for communion, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 11, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and said this, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup, After supper, saying, this is a cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim Jesus. So as we enter this new year, let us do so by proclaiming Jesus. When you are ready, take and eat.